Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week in middle school, Dallas Greenway speaks from John 1, verses 19 through 23. We look at how John the Baptist understood his identity and what we can learn about how God has made each of us distinct. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, we are in week three of Distinct. Can you guys believe uh, that we're already like over halfway through with October? That's so wild to me. Time keeps moving. Time keeps flying by. Uh, And remember, this is Distinct, not Extinct. Okay, so turn to your neighbor and say Distinct. Distinct. Now turn to your other neighbor or the empty chair beside you and say Not Extinct. Okay, remember, extinct is what happened to the, to the dinosaur, or you could talk to the, the open, open air right there. Uh, remember, extinct is what happened to the dinosaurs, okay? They, like, died off, and uh, now they don't exist, although maybe they do, okay? I've seen some movies, and uh, I think that in some lab somewhere, a scientist is bringing back dinosaurs. Uh, that's just fact, and Bob knows, Bob knows it. He knows it to be true. He's pet one of those dinosaurs, right, Bob? You guys will have to ask Mr. Bob, Bob Evans, owner of Bob Evans Restaurant. Just kidding. Okay, we're getting off track. Um, so anyway, uh, it, it is distinct, which means like just different, okay? Different enough to where, hey, I can tell, remember we looked last week at some puppies and I can tell, oh, based on the difference in uh, the, the fur, the way it looks, the color that it is, uh, maybe even the shape of their face or the size of their bodies, I can tell the difference between these puppies. We've even talked a little bit about Legos and I brought in some distinct Lego figurines um, that my boys had put together and I had kind of finished putting together uh, that first week that we talked about distinct. And now today we we are going to look as we begin to talk about distinct things about uh, so far we've talked about Jesus being distinct we've talked about God's grace being distinct and now today we're going to talk about how he has made each and every one of us distinct and before we get too deep into that we're going to look at some cities that are distinct just for some fun with distinct things what city is this bridge normally associated with San Francisco, my Aunt Franny. How many of you guys have ever been to San Francisco? Anybody been there? Bob, really? You've been there? He's from California. You've been to, been to San Francisco. Are any of you from California? Anybody from California that I just didn't know about? Yes, Bob, I did know about that. Uh, so fun, so fun. All right, so what is this next city? Nice. It is New York. That's right. No, probably not Texas. But um, there's some big cities in Texas, too. But this is New York. How many of you guys have been to New York? You guys been to New York? This is not George Washington. Sweet. You guys have been to New York? I am always amazed at just how big New York is. Like, it's crazy. Um, Side note. So what, there's like 8 million people that are in New York at any given time, some of the tourist stuff and everything. Uh, I thought that New York was a really big city. And uh, so my wife used to work with international students and a lot of them came from China. And I was like, oh yeah, like when we go to Atlanta, I'm sure it's gonna be really big to you guys. When we go, if you guys ever get to go to New York, I'm sure it's really big. And they're like, "Uh, I come from a city with 20 million people in it. Like literally there are way bigger cities out there, but this is one of our biggest uh, is, is New York. Is it the biggest? Somebody do a fact check on that. I'm not really sure. Um, so this is New York City, though, the distinct buildings and even the fact that it is um, kind of island off right there, right? This is a, a great city of the world. So what is this last city distinct from all the others? Which do you think that this is? What a grainy picture. I'm sorry. That's my bad on that picture. Uh, what is this city? 
No, it's not Alaska. Did you say Simpsonville? Cl- close. It's Greenville, all right? You guys not know your own city? All right, what are we even doing here? We're changing our name to Fellowship Who Knows Where because you guys don't know where we are, all right? This is, this is downtown Greenville. It's uh, a- above the falls at Falls Park, so maybe you're most familiar with the falls and the Liberty Bridge, but I thought that this was a really pretty picture when it's not grainy and looks better on my computer. So uh, those are distinct cities, and you can tell the difference between them. You can tell what city is which based on some of the, the features, the building, uh, maybe even the geography, if you were to look at some of that. And there's a lot of things that are different, a lot of things that are distinct, but maybe the one that we haven't talked much about is ourselves, right? We are distinct people. Uh, every human is distinct or different from every other human being. And some of us may look pretty similar. People tell me I look like Ed Sheeran, which I think is, you know, that's his, that's his loss, I guess. Um, but, but we are different, right? I cannot sing like Ed Sheeran. I promise you that, okay? Uh, I don't have the tattoos like, like old Ed does. Uh, dude, I don't even know what, what his song is. You're perfect, girl. Is that one of his songs? Probably not. Uh, so we're all different, though. We have different hair. We dress different. We sound different. We, we talk differently, like sometimes in the words that we use, but also sometimes how fast or how slow or how twangy or how hello there, right? Like some of you wish that you had really cool accents, but you're stuck with a, a Greenville accent or whatever you have, right? So we're all distinct, we're all different, and maybe you don't think much about this, or maybe you don't think it's a huge deal, but God is the one who has designed us and made us this way, wired us to be exactly who he has us being, and calling us with our giftings, the things that we're good at and the things that we're bad at, to in some small way be a part of of his big plan for the world, for the earth, and for his, his kingdom. So today we're going to look back in John chapter 1. I know we were there during our first week of the Distinct Series. If you want to go ahead and turn your Bibles to John chapter 1. And we're going to be looking because here's the maybe one of the struggles with all of us being distinct, right? Is for some of us, here's what, what we deal with when it comes to our distinct wirings, the things that we're good at, the things that we're not great at, maybe how we look or maybe where we where we come from, is some of us look across the way and we see other people who seem to have it better. Like maybe the things that make them distinct are the things that have given them the things that we want. So if it's popularity or if it's money or if it's, man, they're just so good looking, they're so pretty, or you think that they're really good at a certain sport or at a certain subject in school and you look across the way and you know the things that make you distinct, but they don't seem to measure up to the things that make that person distinct and different. And maybe you haven't really said this, but better than you. And so you might try your hardest and say, man, well, what do I need to do to be like that person? What can I do to be smarter? What can I do to be more athletic? I mean, maybe that's part of what I was thinking when I tried out for the basketball team in middle school, right? Wah, wah, didn't work, didn't work out. 
But we, we desire to have the things that other people do, and so we try to put on the right clothes, we try to say the right things. Sometimes we try to say the right things in the right way, like I was talking about different accents. Have you ever gotten around a group of people and all of a sudden your accent is different? It's really, really weird. Uh, I do that with my wife's family. My wife is from North Carolina, and I lovingly refer to her side of the family as like the Duck Dynasty side of the family, okay? They, her brother, every now and then, he'll be found with a big beard. They're big hunters. They wear a lot of camp. I know nothing about that. I do have one camo shirt now in the last year or so. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm upgrading. I'm leveling up. But when I, get, when I get around them, I'm like slowing down my pace and talking a little bit with a twang and like trying to, I guess not keep up, but <laughs> what, meet, meet their level of accent, right? And, and we do that with certain groups of people. Have you ever found yourself there where you're not so comfortable, satisfied, content, with the things that make you distinct, and you really just wish, I just wish I was like them. Or maybe on the other side of it, you feel like your distinct qualities make you too distinct. So much so that you would say, maybe not in these words, but you might say, why do I have to be so different? Maybe you'd say, why am I so odd? Why am I so weird? Why why do I stand out? And it feels really negative that I stand out like this. And you look at other people and you say, I wish I was like them just so I could blend in, just so I could fit in. Have you ever felt that? And, and, and you know, like your mom or dad or whoever in your life says, no, but that's what makes you you. Yeah, but I, it leaves me feeling like I don't fit anywhere. It leaves me feeling like these distinct qualities I have are like too distinct. I don't want them anymore. And so in the same way, you might try to dress like a group of people you want to fit into or talk like a group of people just so you can blend in and not be noticed. But if God is the one who's made you just the way you are with your wirings, your giftings, and the things that you're not so great at, then what does it look like to start to live more into that? What kind of questions should we be asking ourselves? What kind of journey should we be on? Because you guys are on a journey. Most of you have, can probably connect with some of those questions in one form of an, of, or another. You're trying to figure out, who am I? Where do I fit? What am I good at? You're asking questions about your identity. And let me just tell you, if you're struggling with that, if you're wrestling with that, this is a season Not where maybe you're going to find all of your answers, but where that journey of discovering who you are, how God's made you, and what he's called you to, this is a season where that is just kicking off. So you're in the right place. You're not alone. The person sitting next to you, whether you know it or not, may be struggling with the same thing and probably is. So that's why we want our small groups, we want our discussions on Sunday mornings to be about, hey, where do we find our identity and what does it mean to go on this journey of discovering what that looks like. So we're looking in John chapter one, verses 19 through 23 this time. We're not gonna read the same thing that we did week one. And we're reading about a guy named John, but he was John the Baptist, okay? And John the Baptist, remember, is not the same person as the John who wrote the book of John. All right, I know that can be kind of confusing, but there's two different Johns here, and we're specifically reading about John the Baptist, and he was a distinct guy. And I don't think that any of you are distinct in the same way that John the Baptist was, okay? John the Baptist was, was distinct in like a, I live in the desert and I eat bugs kind of way, okay? You want to talk about eating weird candy corn? This guy was on a whole nother level, okay? So eating bugs is something that maybe my two and, and four-year-old could get caught doing. Uh, if you are still distinct because you eat bugs, 
Maybe God's got something there for you, but I would encourage you to stop, okay? I would encourage you to stop. But John the Baptist, he didn't, okay? And even as a grown man, he was still into this eating bugs thing, some sort of nutrition, some sort of new diet. You know what? If there's a new bug diet out there, I don't want to knock it, okay? But uh, don't do it. Okay, verse 19 of John chapter 20. We're going to see where, where does all this fit in with, with what we're talking about in the life of John the Baptist. How, how did he understand who he was, who he wasn't, and where he fit into God's plan? It says in verse 19, and this is the testimony of John, John the Baptist. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? So here's what's happening. John the Baptist, he started to gain a following, okay? He was baptizing people. He was preparing the way for Jesus to come. And some of the leaders at the time uh, in Jerusalem, they were like, hey, this doesn't feel good. People are starting to follow him and maybe following us a little bit less. It was one of the same big reasons that people were so frustrated with Jesus. Some of the leaders of the day were frustrated at Jesus because he was teaching and people were starting to follow him and believe the things he was teaching and started to turn away in some sense from uh, the government, from the, the rulers, from the religious leaders of the day. And people were starting to do that with John the Baptist. Remember, he's making a way though for Jesus. And people were already starting to do that. So they send some of their, their minions and say, hey, go make sure we keep John the Baptist in line. Go figure out who, do, who does this guy actually think he is. So they ask him, who are you? In verse 20, it says, he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am the Christ. This is our first kind of, uh, or well, I guess we already paused, but it's one of our, our first pause moments, right? Sorry, I said I am the Christ, didn't I? I was like, Ian, why are you giggling back there? He says, I am not the Christ, okay? That's the first thing we, we want to make note of with John the Baptist. John the Baptist knew, apparently I don't, but he knew who he was not, okay? John the Baptist knew who he wasn't, and he wasn't Jesus. He wasn't the Christ, no matter how many times I may have read it wrong. He was not the Christ. Isn't that an interesting way for him to answer Hey, who are you? Well, I'll tell you who I'm not. But in his mind, this was at the forefront. John the Baptist knew who he wasn't. What about you, Jonathan? What about you? Do you know who you aren't? We just talked about this battle of, hey, I, I know that I'm distinct, but maybe I don't want to be, or I want to be distinct in a different way. Like, there, there is this battle going on inside of us, and one of the things on this journey of self-discovery is understanding who we're not. And I, I don't know that any of us really thinks that we're, we're Jesus in here, although sometimes we do treat ourselves like we are our own God. It's a big discussion. But I know that there's so many of us in here who we're trying on different ways of life, we're actually trying on different clothes, trying to fit in, trying to understand who we are when... Maybe we're just ignoring that, man, maybe that's not me. Maybe, I, maybe I'm not really athletic and that's okay. Maybe I'm not great at that subject and, and I'll keep trying my best, but maybe I'm not going to be a math teacher when I grow up, right? Do you know who you aren't? And have you, which seems like John the Baptist did, have you, have you come to terms with that and learned to be content with it's okay to not be great at everything. It's okay to not even be good at everything. So John the Baptist knew who he wasn't. There's other things he knew as well. So he says, I am not the Christ. 
And they asked him in verse 21, what then, are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, nope. He said to them, uh, so they said to him, sorry, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Here's what John the Baptist knew. He knew who he wasn't, but he also knew who he was. John the Baptist knew who he wasn't, but he also knew who he was. He, he knew the ways that he was gifted that nobody else was. He, he knew how his mind works. He was even apparently comfortable with living in the desert and eating bugs. Do you know how you're gifted? And have you come to see the beauty in it? That maybe you're an artist in a way that nobody else is an artist. That maybe the sport you play, some people wouldn't consider it a sport, but you're really good at it and you love it. What does it look like for you to own that? That you and your group of friends, when sometimes you're like, I don't know why I hang out with these people, but, but something about them keeps you coming back and you, you found this connection. Have you started to own, man, these are my people. What does it look like for us to be the best group of friends that we can be and love each other well? John knew who he wasn't, but he also knew who he was. And the last part of this, John says, I'm the one, I'm the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Here's what John knew, not just how he was wired, but he also knew how that fit into God's plan. John knew who he wasn't, he knew who he was, and he knew how he fit into God's plan. So as you start to discover who am I? What am I good at? What am I not good at? How am I wired? How does my brain work? Who are my, who are my people? As you start to discover that, what does it look like for all of that to fit into God's plan? And you may not know like, well, uh, yeah, God's plan for me. I know that I'm going to get married on this day and I'm going to go to this school and I'm going to have this job. I'm going to, very few people know that. Very few people, especially in middle school. Maddie, Maddie may know. She, she knows already. But n barely anybody knows exactly specifically the detailed out plan that God has for them. But on a big picture sense, here's what I'll tell you God's plan is for you. You want to know God's plan? You want to know his will for your life? It's that you would love God and you would love others. I know it sounds so simple, sounds so silly, but that's, that's how Jesus broke it down, right? He said, hey, all the commandments, all the things that God has called you to do, it all breaks down into love God well and love others well. What does it look like for you and I with our wirings, the things we're good at, we're not good at, all those things that make us distinctly us to be a part of God's plan and love him and love others? This is a journey. It is an adventure. This is a time where these thoughts and questions are getting stirred up in you. And so here's kind of how I want you to think about this is just put those three questions. You may not be able to say, hey, I know who I'm not. I know who I am. I know how I fit into God's plan. But what would it look like for you to start discovering who you are? Discovering who you aren't. Discovering how you fit into God's plan. This is a season where you don't have to have it all figured out. In fact, nobody really does have it all figured out. This is an ongoing journey of seeing how God's made us and how he wants us to live in light of that. You know, when you discover who you're not, it really frees you up because you, you don't have to pretend anymore. Because if you know who you're not, then you likely also know who you are and you can start living in that and there's real freedom. Like, have you guys ever tried so hard to be something you're not only to come to the end empty and feeling like a failure? 
And like, what else do I have left? But what if you went after the other side and said, yeah, but I know that this is what I'm really good at. There's still going to be failures. There's going to be bumps along the way. But there's also going to be a lot of growth. And when we figure out those things and we figure out how we connect into how God's building his kingdom and what he's doing on the earth, that's when he's glorified and he has good things for us to be a part of in the world and in the lives of the people around us. Jesus died on the cross, yes, so that we could go to heaven with him one day, but he also died so that we would be freed up to be exactly who he created us to be. Right now, in your schools, in your neighborhoods, in your families, in your friend groups, in all the places you go, that you would be distinctly you, that you would be who God made you to be, and that you would start to live into the plan that he has for your life. I pray that we would discover those things together and that you would start experiencing the freedom that comes with understanding how God's made you and what he's calling you into. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much that you did not make us all the same. That would be really boring. It'd be really lame. Uh, But you've given us distinct features, not just in how we look, but also how our brains are wired, our likes and our dislikes. God, all the things that make us uniquely us. It makes life fun. It makes it exciting. It makes it interesting getting to know people and seeing how you've designed each of us differently, distinctly. Father, I pray for those of us in the room who are just starting this journey or who are maybe in the middle of it of figuring out who are we? How has God made me? And is, is this actually a good thing? God, I pray that you would meet us right there, that you would help us understand us because you know us better than anyone else. And help us know what it looks like to join you as uniquely us in the plans that you have for us. We love you. Pray that we would get to talk about these things and discover them in our small groups. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.